Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders. At Boss Builders, our mission is to create the next generation of great bosses. We do this through a variety of training programs, which include our 13-month live masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Boss. This program provides the basic building blocks for being an effective lead, supervisor, or manager. We also have a 13-month live virtual masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Teammate. In this program, we work with individual contributors, building the people and technical skills that will make them more effective. Many of these modules refer to the work in our management program so all employees can be on the same page. A new program for this year is our Art of Being an Administrative Superstar. Your admin staff is the backbone of your organization. This program gives them the important problem-solving and decision-making tools, which will absolutely increase their effectiveness. We offer a number of one-hour short-topic seminars as well, and these are perfect for in-service training and brown-bag lunches. Finally, we offer the opportunity to license all of our materials so your in-house trainers can deliver our programs. For more information, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or call us at 931-221-2988. Well, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the show. Now, this week we have a special guest. Our guest today is Kate Vendemio. She is the president and CEO of Mount Vernon Consulting. She's up in the Washington, D.C. area. Now, I met Kate a few years ago through a colleague of ours, and then we reconnected back in October, I think it was, when I spoke at the Maryland Sherm Conference there in Rockville, Maryland. But Kate is very excited about this topic that she's devoting a lot of time and energy to, and that, of course, is giving people feedback. Now, we're going to refer to it as the F word. Because if you think about it, both receiving and giving feedback sucks. It's really hard. And so maybe the F word is fitting for it. But that doesn't mean we don't need to do it. Kate's going to give us some great information and some tips and techniques on how to be more effective at giving feedback. So let's let her do the talking. You know what time it is. Let's make sure that seatbelt is buckled low and across your hips. Make sure your personal items tucked underneath the seat in front of you. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Kate Vendemio, welcome back to our show. Hi, thanks for having me. Kate, you were with us back in the other podcast. We just discussed that a minute ago, the Boss Builder podcast. And I think what you were telling us back then was the number one secret to having an effective day in HR. Wasn't that the topic? We want everybody <laughs> to go back to that one. I don't remember what it was. Uh, no, but, but, it the, was... but the win was I got to meet you uh, through there a friend of ours, Sharon Armstrong. And yes. So today, Kate, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to you, something you focus a lot of time and energy on, something that the average person would never want to have to experience, but it needs to get done. And mm -hmm. that is the F word. Yes. The F word. And so I want to hear all about the F word today. But before we get to the F word, I was hoping you could tell us about yourself Share your journey, what you're working on now, and then we'll dive into the F word. Sure. Well, I'm excited to be here to talk about the F word with you. Um, so I am founder and CEO of Mount Vernon Consulting. We provide customized training and learning solutions to help make you have more engaged employees. So um, I have been in business for over four years now. Prior to that, I spent about 15 years working with and for federal government in various learning and organizational development capacities. So um, I'm based out of the Washington DC area. And again, Mac and I, we met through Sharon Armstrong, who's also based in Washington DC. So I'm excited to be back here on the podcast with you. Um, it's always fun to chat with you and to see your your face. I, we, I know we saw recently each other at the Maryland Sherm conference. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so it's always nice to reconnect with you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's been one of those relationships where I don't talk to you all that often, but whenever I do, I feel like we just talked the other day. And so mm -hmm. full disclosure, we actually spent almost an hour just chatting before we even turned the mic on. I, I probably should have just let it run because <laughs> we've pretty much solved all the world's problems. Yes. Or at a minimum, the problems in the Washington DC area, which yes. might as well be the whole world's problems, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk about this F word. The F word, this is a yes. word that you got to be very careful when you use it. Mm -hmm. If you use the F word in the wrong company, you're looking for real trouble. The mm -hmm. F word makes a statement. The F word mm -hmm. is something you often think about when you're stuck in traffic, which you know something <laughs> about too, don't you? Oh, living in DC, I know nothing about traffic. No, now. No, no, no. We mm -hmm. talked a little bit about the F word when we talked about the DMV that place yeah. that you go where the F word is just on the tip of your tongue, ready to be launched. Mm -hmm. And sometimes mm -hmm. if you get worked up enough, you might actually use it. The mm -hmm. F word is one you wouldn't want to use in church either, would it? Well, sometimes you really need to use it in church or right afterwards. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Wow. So, mm -hmm. so I'm intrigued. I mean, I've always been taught that the F word is something you should be very careful with, but you're, mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're making the assumption here. We should all be using the F word. We should be not only using the F word, but we should be practicing the F word on a regular basis. Wow. Well, mm -hmm. I would like to practice the F word right now, but I don't know if this audience is ready for the <laughs> F word. Um, well, what the F? Maybe we should just go out and say what the F word is. So I'm going right. to let you say the F word. I don't want to get in trouble. So okay. Kate, tell us what the, and by the way, if you're listening to this, pull the car over because I don't <laughs> want you to get in a wreck. Kate, give us the we F word. We are talking about feedback. Feedback? feedback. Yes. I thought you were going to say the other F word. Feedback. No. Feedback. People get all kinds of nerves when it comes to feedback about giving it, about receiving it. It is a word that sends shivers down even the strongest managers' spines when they have to give feedback. So, you know, the thing about feedback is people get so nervous and worried about it, but we receive feedback all day, every day, right? We receive it, you know, the illusion of uh, traffic that you were talking about. Well, someone honks their horn at you, that's feedback. Someone mm -hmm. gives you a certain finger, that's feedback. Um, we can, you're giving me feedback right now by saying, mm-hmm, Right. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. I can pick it up on a person's facial expressions. You raise an eyebrow. It tells me that you're curious. You turn your back to me. It tells me that you don't want to listen to me anymore. So we're getting feedback all day, every day. Social media, when you get likes, right, or you get reactions to things, these are all feedback. And so when we think about feedback in that capacity, we're giving and receiving feedback all day. But when you put parameters around it and say, it's time for you to deliver feedback. That's when we start to get really nervous and uncomfortable about it. That's, I think, what I think about with the F word is when somebody says, you're going to get it. So growing up, it was always, all right, tonight we're going to have a family meeting. And my brother and <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I know what this is going to be like new rules. Somebody's in trouble that and then as you grow older and you are in the corporate office and then and then you get this one hey uh can i give you a little constructive feedback mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the word constructive already tells you this is not going to be fun and games it, it is scary <laughs> i don't know if it's scarier and this is maybe a better question for you is it scarier to get feedback or to give it and i'm not talking about the nod and the middle finger in the car right like right. The, the feedback that oh my god we're gonna do feedback now which is scarier i think it depends on on who you are i, I honestly most of the time it's both parties are nervous about it and there's different reasons why but going back really quickly to what you were saying though just about feedback and you know, something that I think is really interesting and we're seeing as these younger generations are coming into the workplace is this is a feedback generation. These are people who are used to getting feedback. Talk about social media. They've grown up with social media. They're used to getting the likes and they're used to getting it immediately. And so as our younger generations come in, 
and start working, they're seeking out feedback and they expect both constructive feedback as well as positive feedback. So in a little bit, we'll talk about that ratio of positive to constructive feedback. And let's be honest, constructive feedback can also be called negative feedback. Depends on who you're talking to and how you want to phrase it. Um, but you know, as, as we see the baby boomer generation fading out of the workplace, we're seeing more of a turn towards a need to provide feedback because like I said, there's the younger generations. But also what we're seeing is there's so much going on right now in the workplace. We've got quiet quitting. We've got, now I was reading somewhere else recently, it's now calling quiet thriving in the workplace. <laughs> Um, quiet yeah, thriving. What there's is quiet, quiet quitting. Thriving? I think quiet thriving is kind of the opposite of people that are quietly just really doing well and maybe not touting themselves as much. Um, but you know, we had the great recession and we had the great resignation. You know, there's a lot going on and particularly for managers and for people in the HR field, that's a lot that we're contending with in a very short amount of time. And what we're realizing now is delivering feedback now is more critical than ever because when you deliver feedback, both positive and constructive, that leads to increased engagement in the workplace. And that means people are more willing to stay because right now what we're finding is it's very easy to just, if you don't like what's going on in your job, you just hop over to another one. And what managers and HR professionals really need to do is establish a culture of feedback because that's what's going to help retain and engage their employees. So providing that feedback, both negative and positive, will lead to that engagement, which leads to a stronger workforce overall. So there's a real need to focus on feedback. And again, when you say the F word, as we call it, you get a lot of negative reactions or people physically recoil or they get all tight and tense. And I was reading something recently that was talking about the equivalent of when you, when someone says, I'd like to give you feedback, and then they start to deliver tough feedback, they found in a study that participants' heart rates jumped as much as 50% during the feedback conversations. And that's equivalent to someone having an or doing an anxiety producing task such as public speaking. So people have physical reactions to delivering as well as then receiving the feedback. So that heart rate thing, is that the person that's about, that just heard we're gonna do some feedback, their heart rate goes to where it's anxiety? So I think in this particular study, it was just talking about feedback conversations. So this was a okay. study where they had individuals come in to practice something and then said, you're going to each deliver feedback to one another. So I don't, the study didn't provide enough information as to was the heart rate from the receiver or the, the person delivering the message. But the fact is, I mean, biologically, our brains are still tuned into that fight or flight mode. And what happens is if we know that we're getting feedback or we're the one delivering the feedback, it's very easy for our bodies to physically start manifesting some of that stress. You get sweaty, your heart races. And then what happens is if you're the one receiving the feedback, you don't always hear it particularly well because your, you know, your, your heart's thumping in your ears and your brain is, is in that fight or flight mode. And so you don't always comprehend that feedback. Likewise, if you're the one that's delivering the feedback, again, your heart starts racing, you might get dry mouth, uh, you might start stumbling over your words. And then what happens is you're not really effective in delivering any type of the constructive feedback that you need to do. Now, it's a little different when you're having those positive feedback conversations, but those constructive or those negative feedback conversations are really the ones that elicit a lot of physical responses from your body. Well, you know, sometimes I'll get from my workshops, I'll get an email from either a thing I spoke at or something. It'll be like, hey, can we set up some time to talk? I have some feedback from the last session. Right. I can instantly feel my butt cheeks tighten up. Like, <laughs> oh no, what did I do now? Because I never get a call that says, Mac, we just want to let you know personally that that was the best workshop we've ever. That never happens, Kate. The only time well, maybe anybody for reaches you. out is when they... <laughs> We didn't like the fact that you said ass. 
Like, I didn't memorize. Did I say ask? Good Lord. Yeah. Now, I said the F word. Now we say ask. So yeah. I always look at that and think, oh, and, and I've been doing this a long time. And I've had, you know, my share of uh, negative fee. I don't even call it constructive because that's even worse for me. I always think of there was an old, and it had John Cleese in it. It was an old training video that I saw when I used to do some mm. contract work with American management. They had a whole library of old films. Mm-hmm. And it was, just, it was John Cleese and it was saying, well, we're going to call it constructive criticism. We're going to do constructive criticism. And <laughs> like it was like, hey, this is a really good thing. We'll have some uh, asparagus and some fruit and some constructive criticism and we'll be healthy. The thing is, what word do you suppose everybody hears? It's criticism. And now right. I've associated constructive. So when I hear, Mac, I'm going to give you some constructive feedback right now. I'm like, just tell me that I sucked. I know that's what's coming. Just let me have it. So it seems like this is triggering all the way around. And I do know, um, at least in my world, that managers tend to really struggle with that. And it's not receiving it as much as it is giving it. And that is a critical part of employee development. So what are some ways, by the way, you hear the train going by right now. Um, that's the feedback we're going to get on the podcast mm-hmm. together is the mm-hmm. train going by. But what are some strategies that, that let's start with managers who've got to deliver it? Because I think that's at least half of our audience right now. I got to deliver feedback. I'm terrified of doing it. I don't want to admit it to anybody, but I have no clue what I'm doing. And the last thing I want to do is make somebody mad. How right. would we handle something like that? So I think that something before we get into some of the tactics, I think one of the things is that we have a tendency to associate ne- uh, feedback as being negative, is that it's in a negative situation. But feedback, it can also be delivered in a positive situation. So there are theories of strength-based feedback where you're focusing specifically on things that people do well. Um, and there is generally a ratio of about 20 to 1. So for every 20 pieces or I guess for every one piece of negative feedback you give, you should be delivering about 20 genuine pieces of positive feedback. And so I think part of the thing is ingraining feedback into your culture, right? Because if you start delivering more positive feedback, there is a genuineness and a trust that is built up between the manager and the employee. And when I say delivering positive feedback, it's not saying in passing like, hey, good job, right? It's being very specific about the type of feedback you deliver. And so we'll get into that in a little bit. But so when it comes to managers, I think a lot of it is is making sure that you're setting that culture of feedback. And one of the best ways to do that is actually for managers to ask for feedback, right? We don't necessarily want that because we're just as nervous and worried as everyone else. But when the manager or the top person is the one that's saying, I'd like to hear some feedback from you, um, you know, that is starting to flip the switch where it's also empowering employees to feel like they can share some information and, and valuable both positive and negative pieces of feedback. Now, it also comes to trust and it's not as simple as a manager saying, hey, I'd like to hear good and bad, everything about me, right? Because that's just not how it works in the environment. But if you start having more of this open dialogue of consistently giving feedback, and I've mentioned genuine several times, you know, employees are savvy. They're gonna pick up on it right away. Um, You know, hearing, like I said, that generic, like, oh, hey, good job, or, um, yeah, that was really great what you did back there. Thanks. It's just seems like you're checking something off the box rather than giving taking the time to deliver something really specific. And so, you know, a better thing might be, hey, when you were up there speaking in front of the group, I noticed that you've really been reducing the amount of ums that you say when you're pausing. I know that's something we talked about in the past. I noticed it. I appreciate the fact that you're working on it. Good job. Keep it up. Right. That is a much more genuine. It's specific and um, it's going to be much more impactful. Right. Um, Flip side, let's say that you do have a colleague who's giving a presentation and needs to work on their presentation skills. So delivering that type of feedback, you could feel really nervous. And how do I say this to this person? It's a lot of it's also the context. Right. If you're a manager, your job is to help develop and grow your employees. And so delivering feedback to them is ultimately a gift. It's a gift in how you deliver it, right? 
not every piece of feedback is a gift. But if you look at it from the framework of, I am giving this feedback because I genuinely care about this employee or I want them to be successful or heck, I want them to do so well that they get the heck out of my office because I can't stand working with them. But if I can kind of bump them up and get them to do really well, then they can apply for some other organization, you know, somewhere else in this organization and get out of my office. That's another way <laughs> to look at it. And so I think when you flip that switch about delivering feedback to help support your staff and grow your staff, there is a different tone that you take with it. And there's a different reasoning behind it. So again, going back to that example of the person who maybe needs to work on their public speaking skills, framing that conversation of, listen, I recognize that this is something that is very difficult. A lot of people struggle with this. I want you to be successful in the future. Um, you know, future jobs will require you to do more public speaking. So let's talk a little bit about some areas that I noticed and um, let's come up with some strategies on how we're gonna solve that together or how you're gonna solve that. So it becomes a little bit more of a collaborative conversation. The challenge on the flip side is that it takes time, right? And when we are busy and as managers, there's lots going on. Um, we don't always need to or want to take the time to truly develop our staff. But again, that is something that I think needs a little bit of a perspective switch. When you're a manager, you are ultimately responsible for making sure that your staff produces the results that they need. How do they do that? By you telling them what's working well and what needs to be improved. You said something earlier about younger workers that are coming in used to they're used to getting feedback and we use the example of on their social media stuff but from my experience and this is having you know uh, a daughter who's very active on social media and who posts things and has groups of friends the feedback generally that they look for is people have liked their post does that mm -hmm. somehow translate as they go into the workforce that the feedback i want is tell me that you liked what i did most of the social media things don't have a dislike. There's places in comments where all the trolls jump right in. Um, but generally speaking, you know, the only kind of things I'm looking, I mean, maybe it's in that I got a like. I mean, the like tells me it's positive, right? right? So how does that, what position does that put a manager in when now it's not, I'm not just going to be giving you likes on something. And right. when I don't give you feedback, don't assume that that means I didn't like it. Because I don't like every single post that a social media would have. I might like one specifically. But then mm -hmm. how do we translate that in? I'm going to give you the equivalent of opposite of a like on your performance. Um, how does a manager get through that? Because I think that's going to be a little bit of a like, oh, my God, this isn't a like. This is a thumbs down I'm getting right now. I don't want that. I don't right. like that. You know. So how does that impact well, feedback? Yeah, I mean, you know, making that transition from uh, student into the working world or, you know, for whatever reason, you've been out of the working world for a while and coming back in, you know, I mean, that's it's a different world and a lot of it's just expectation setting. So if you're a manager, you need to have that conversation. I'm a big advocate of transparency, right? You need to have that conversation. Hey, listen, congratulations. I'm really glad that you just got that master's from our well-known school. Um, here's the deal. Everyone starts at the bottom. I'm going to give you constructive feedback because I want you to be successful. And you're not always going to get the likes, the proverbial likes of the world. However, it also means that you might need to adjust your management style accordingly, right? So how you manage someone who's been in the workforce for 10 plus years is going to be different than how you manage someone who's just coming into the workforce. It's just different and strong managers are the ones that are able to flex their managerial skills in order to accommodate that. And so it might mean that the manager has to spend a little more time giving more of that positive feedback at first. And then you start to kind of back away, right? Like it's just like I have a dog and we've been working on um, training her and we do clicker training. So when she does something right, we click, we give her a treat. She does it again. We click, we give her a treat. We do it over and over and over and over again. Well, then eventually we click, but she doesn't get the treat. And then eventually we just give the command and then I no longer click and I no longer give her the retreat because she or treat because she's become conditioned to know exactly what that is. So I start by giving her the, you know, this in this example, the treat. 
um, excessively make a big, big deal about it, then we start to back away from it. And now she consistently does the behavior that I want her to do. And I don't need to keep tossing treats at her left and right. I just say a command and she knows exactly what to do. So I guess, Annette, you're, you're kind of working up a person to where mm -hmm. they understand the purpose of the feedback. And it's not a big shocker, the equivalent of the family meeting when I was a kid that totally mm -hmm. interrupts. And then the rest of the day, you're like, oh, no, this is going to be awful. Yeah. It sounds like it's just a normal way of conversing that we're going to move into, not a special event, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I sort of I look at performance reviews as the family meeting. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a lot of times organizations have these formal performance reviews. I used to work at a place where we had to do them two times a year, 360 degree feedback. It was such a pain to do, because if you managed a staff of 10, 15 people, you know, you got to write up feedback. It was just it was really tough. Right. And and I'm I'm a big advocate. You know, feedback should not be saved for a performance review. A performance review should be talking about what went well, what you accomplished through the year and how that's going to transfer into accomplishments and goals for the next year. It should not be a chance to save feedback about something that happened a while ago. And I'll give you a perfect example. I had feedback or I had a performance review once. It was in the summer. And the manager gave an example that someone gave that something had happened back in February. And I can't even remember the situation. I just remember the time frame. So here I am in the summer with a colleague that gave in this 360 degree feedback, something that happened in February that didn't go well. Right. And no one brought it to my attention for months because they waited until the performance review. If they had given me that feedback in February, I could have changed that behavior or modified that behavior. But instead, it turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy. No one tell, told me I keep doing what I've been doing. And then that other person and that boss are saying, yeah, look, she keeps doing it. Look, she's doing it. She's doing it. No one told me. Right. Mm -hmm. Feedback should be delivered routinely. It should be delivered in a very timely way. Now, that's very challenging in the remote and virtual space that we have right now, but it should be delivered as immediately as you can and as specific as you can. And that's what we're talking about is building up that feedback culture so that I can say to you, hey, Mac, you know, I, I really appreciate um, the hard work you're putting into these podcasts, but there's a couple things that I've noticed that I, I want to have a conversation with you on, right? That doesn't build up that level of anxiety with you if we have these kind of regular conversations the way that if I hadn't talked to you in six months and I say, hey, Mac, we got to talk about those podcasts. So pop into my office. Right. The other thing is, is if you do things in a more timely way, it doesn't give people as much time to ruminate or stew or come up with their retort. Mm. Right. So if I know that I'm going to have a, uh, a check in meeting with my boss in two and a half weeks and they say, hey, uh, when we check in, add it to the agenda, I want to talk to you about that recent presentation you did. Right. That's just giving me fodder. I'm going to dwell over it. I'm going to put my energy into coming up with my defense. I'm going to go to other people and have them justify why I did a certain thing the way I did. Right. And so what kind of productivity is that having? I'm not putting productivity into the bottom line for the organization. I'm trying to save my own tail. So mm -hmm. when you deliver things in a more timely way, you get it out of the way, the perform the behavior can be modified more quickly, and then you're able to just move on. I guess my concern, I a few years back, I was working with a coach and majority of the feedback I would get was everything that could be better. And I understand where he's coming from. That's his job. But it got to the point where I would try something new and all I would get was this is you need to do this differently to where when I had a real strong opinion on something I was creating, I didn't show it to him. Like, mm -hmm. and then I thought, well, why do I need a coach then if I'm already anything I gets nothing but criticism and I can't even move forward on something? Because you probably know me pretty well. Uh, my, my thing is, uh, you know, ready, fire, aim. <laughs> um, I don't wait till something's perfect. I throw it out at 10% and figure it out as I go. I mean, full disclosure, you're probably not going to one of my programs anymore if you're listening to this, but <laughs> I operate much better by the seat of my pants, which right. is why the Navy and I were never good fits for each other. 
because that right. requires planning upon planning upon planning. Like, God, when the hell are we going to get something done? We're going to plan until it's too late. Mm-hmm. So at what point does feedback become something that people want to avoid because now it's almost too much? Is there a possibility that it could be too much? Right. So again, think about it that we're all getting feedback all day, every day, right? So, you know, a smile, a... Um, uh, a smiley face that someone puts on a conf- on a Zoom conference call, right? I mean, these, these are all little ways, but you know, that ratio I had mentioned before is 20 to one. So it really should be approximately 20 positive interactions for every negative piece of feedback you give. Um, it doesn't need to be a constant, hey Mac, I wanted to pop in and tell you that I think you did really good on that podcast. Hey Mac, I'm really proud of you that you finished that podcast, nice job. Hey Mac, good job for publishing that podcast, right? I mean, that just becomes ridiculous and no one yeah. has the time for that, right? And so, you know, it's it's sort of like parenting. You you pick and choose your battles with your children and in this case, you know, with your colleagues. You pick and choose what you want to give the feedback on and what you don't. And again, I think it depends a lot of it's situational. It depends if you have a newer staff member or someone who's maybe been recently promoted and is um, doing a different role, you're going to spend more time giving them that constructive feedback because you want them to get ramped up. You want them to be better at what they're doing and so that they can get into that fully operational mode. At that point, you know, you you have to find a, a balance between what they're doing well and what they're not. Honestly, at this point, you know, we know that there is more jobs available out there than there are employees. And it's important to keep those employees engaged. And so sometimes it also is just a conversation with them. Hey, let me ask for your feedback. How's it going? Am I giving you what you need? Am I filling your bucket enough? Is what I'm giving you helping you perform better? Not saying, do you want me to keep giving you feedback, right? Because I'm going to keep giving you feedback. But How's it working? Does it work well for you when we're doing this? Does it work well that I put it in writing? You know, am I, are you feeling like it's too much? Do you need a little bit more from me? And so it's, it's, you're turning that feedback around and asking them directly to give you the feedback back. Feedback back. Yes. Feedback back feedback. Well, I almost want to say the F word after that. (laughs) Feedback back back. Well, let me, let's go back to that for a moment because I wanted to come back to this. You had mentioned that one good way to kind of start this new, culture of feedback is that me as your boss would ask you for feedback on me. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up in the Navy 15 years and there was never an opportunity for a senior to (laughs) ask for feedback on their performance. And if anybody says, uh, I need uh, petty officer Monroe, can you give me feedback on my performance? For one, I'd probably faint. And then secondly, I would just say, oh, you're, you're great, sir. Even if you're a total loser, which most of them happen to be. Uh, and I would love to give honest feedback because I'd set a new record for using expletives in a statement. <laughs> but if if I ever had that happen, I'd be like, what is wrong with you? Why? What? So how does somebody begin this without it sounding like, ah, uh, you've been to Kate Vendemio's training, I see. Yeah. Now here you are. Like, you know, we want to do this subtly. Is there a way that we can start this without it seeming like, all right, what's wrong with you? What Kool-Aid did you just drink? Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, that occurred to me. I, I worked for an organization where that exact thing happened is our manager came into our staff meeting one day and said, we're going to work on a culture of transparency and feedback. And so I need you all to give me feedback. And then I'm going to report back the trends and the steps that I'm going to take to try and address that feedback. It was the most awkward meeting. And then what was even more awkward was a couple months later when she then had to stand in front of her team and present the results of the feedback we gave her and the steps she was going to take. It was so uncomfortable and so awkward. And clearly someone went to a management training and came back and was like, hey, this is what I need all the managers to do. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I think you like anything in life, you don't come in and completely change the culture 180 degrees, right? You got to You got to start going about it slowly. Um, you know, and the one thing could be of, 
hey, listen, I am trying to work on and improve my managerial style. And I'm I'm really supporting this philosophy of, of increasing feedback in the workplace. So you're going to see it all around. I'm going to be very intentional about delivering it to you. And then I'm going to build in some opportunities for you guys to, to start sharing it with me. And you can start slow, right? You can... Um, you know, some, there's a lot of great team building activities out there that you can also do that helps you advocate and your team advocate for what they need. So, you know, you could go and, and do some, you know, a, a 15, 20 minute icebreaker during a team meeting that focuses and centers on um, delivering feedback to one another, um, how you can increase that, how you can build trust in the workplace. So, uh, you know, those are those are subtle ways that you can introduce that concept. Now, if you're a very top down organization and that culture is not lending itself to this this way of developing it, then, you know, I think it also calls for you to examine your own managerial style. Um, Again, I can't reiterate enough how much how much of a trend we're seeing now of employees that are leaving jobs and jumping over to the next job. And they're jumping to those jobs because of perceived benefits, because, uh, and again, perceived, I'm saying, it doesn't always necessarily mean the benefits are better, but they think that they're better. They think people leave jobs because of bosses. So if you're a person who is losing a ton of people, it might take some time for, it might be time for a little bit of self-reflection to figure out why are people leaving might be beyond your power, but there are some tools and things that you can implement to try and work on retaining and building engagement among your staff. So for somebody that's doing that, I mean, obviously you, you, it seems like you'd have to have a realization that, wow, I'm not as great as I thought I was. (laughs) And I better start asking that, that I think would be probably a big challenge because for the most part, I think I can just say this for myself. I have a pretty good self-opinion of myself that, yeah, I fail in a lot of areas, but generally speaking, I think I'm all right. That, that would be really tough. I mean, to say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I want to be vulnerable with you, but maybe that would be a start. I mean, if I was to go to Lisa and say, Lisa, I just want to get your feedback on my performance and I want to lead with the fact that I don't know if you've noticed, but I am extremely unorganized. I think Lisa <laughs> would be like, Really? Yep. Yeah. And while we're at it, I think she would feel comfortable because I already did. I already said the obvious, like I am right. very unorganized. She'd be like, yeah. And, and then we would go into it. And I think that would be me. Like I'm dropping my guard. You can punch me in the face if you want. I'm ready yeah. for it. But I think that it almost sounds like we're trying to implement this as almost a cultural thing now. Yeah. It can't be just one or two managers doing it. It seems like this has to almost be the way we do business. Is that sound about right? It it has. To, yes. But, you know, I'm, I, I very much believe that you can change culture one manager and one person at a time. Right. And so, you know, it's hard to be the outlier and be the manager who's, let's say, asking for this feedback um, or saying I'm going to do more of a feedback culture. But you start to get a reputation in a positive way. People are noticing things. People are talking about things. Um, you know, it doesn't happen right away, um, but it will it will start to happen. And I think you're starting to make a little bit of an impact on that culture. The other thing is, you know, you were talking about that feedback with with Lisa, who's um, who works with you. And, and she, you know, she could say to you things like, hey, Mac, you're really disorganized. Mm-hmm. Right. But that doesn't really have any aside from her maybe feeling satisfied that she got it off her chest. What's the purpose of delivering that feedback, right? So maybe it's annoying to her that your organizational style isn't the same as hers, but there's really no further conversation beyond that. And now she's feeling kind of good. She got it off her chest. You're feeling really defensive. So when you're delivering that feedback, it's, it's got to be something about, so like, you know, Mac, um, when you are disorganized, what happens is then I am working more hours and, um, you know, then I'm, I'm billing you more time and that ultimately has an impact on your bottom line. So here's some things that would be helpful for me. Right. So, you know, we have to keep in mind there's a sort of like a getting it off our chest. It feels really good to tell that person off, but there's no further follow up. And, and ultimately that does not help the productivity of the group by having those types of conversations. 
also I will say for my um, my marketing um, coordinator, I say to her regularly, hey, Alex, when we're connecting, you know, we're, we connect every two weeks. So, hey, Alex, you know, next week I'm I'm going to block some time on the agenda. Like, I'd love, can you sh share some feedback with me, right? Like, let me know how things are going. And I'll give her some parameters to say, like, mm -hmm. give me some feedback can be a really tough task for her to upward manage. But I'll say to her, like, you know, we just tried this new process and I asked you to do X, Y, and Z. So let me know how that worked. How can I adjust it in the future? What do you need from me? Right. So I give her a little bit of parameters. So then she's prepared and she can come in and have those conversations. And we're now at a point where she can be very honest with me and I can be very honest right back with her. Well, that sounds. Yeah. I mean, that now I know exactly what's going to happen when I go in. Yeah. And that, that's kind of my next thought here. Is there a process of doing this? You kind of gave me one of me as the boss asking for feedback but maybe delivering it. So the one that I think most people, because we talk about it in our workshops, and I always, and I don't know, maybe you agree with it, I don't, but that's just a personal thing. But the, uh, the Oreo cookie or the sandwich, like mm. I'm gonna start like, uh, Kate, just wanna tell you a great job on uh, you know, coming up with your feedback course. Uh, by the way, um, that other speech you gave was terrible. It was crap, awful, mm -hmm. but keep up the good work. You're one of my favorite workers. <laughs> I mean, after a while, it's just like your dog, right? Now, all we got to do is do the clicker. And then pretty mm -hmm. soon, all we got to do is the command. People get conditioned. So my fear is if I say, Kate, hey, just want to take a moment and tell you a great job on the thing. You're thinking, all right, let me get up my courage because I know what's coming after. And mm -hmm. even though the cream filling's the best part of the Oreo, you got to suffer through two chocolate cookies to get to it. And that's, right. that's the, I think that's the challenge I have. Is there a process or a script or a procedure that you think might work better than the very predictable Oreo cookie or sandwich method? Yeah. So the Oreo cookie method is terrible. Um, <laughs> to okay, put it good. Bluntly. I was hoping like you would say, Mac, yeah. the Oreo cookie is the best. No. I was, I wrote a book no. on it. No, no okay. sorry Great. to anyone who did and All no right. offense to Oreo cookies, but um, it, it, we also call it the By sandwich. the way, let me stop you right there. I just ate a triple stuff Oreo. Oh, wow. They had them at the store. The problem wow. is they are exactly what a double stuff was when I was about 16. So talk about shrinkage in the marketplace, right? So I don't know. My ideal Oreo is about six inches of cream filling and then maybe mm. just one chocolate cookie. But anyway. Well, continuing on that theme, so so the concept of, we call it sandwich feedback, right? So you say something positive, then you give the constructive or negative feedback, and then you wrap it up with something positive. The impact is that generally people will focus on either only the positive things that were shared or only the negative things that were shared. And so the impact of the message gets diluted because you've sandwiched that positive in or that negative in by two other positives so it's not really an effective strategy it feels good for the person delivering it right because i just told you something really hard but i'm going to wrap it up and say you're such a valuable employee and we're so glad you're here well that cancels out that first off it's not always genuine and second off it cancels out what you said previously this happened to me with an employee we had an intern who honestly was just really bad <laughs> she had a lot of issues and then the pandemic came and it kind of was a convenient reason to just end her internship early for this company I was working for. And so I was the one to deliver the feedback to her and, and sort of let her go. And I got, and you know, I do this for a living. I got so flustered telling this like innocent 19 year old woman, you know, basically you're really not a good fit for this company because you really need to work on your business acumen that I ended up doing exactly this sandwich, right? And I ended it with like, you have so much potential. We really think you're going to be impactful in the workplace, blah, 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 blah. And so she sent me an email afterwards and said, I'm so grateful. You just really left me on this really positive note, blah, 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 blah. And the way that she wrote it, I thought, oh my gosh, I did not get my message across. She left this thinking that she was fabulous when in reality... Mm we were ending it because she had some very specific deficiencies that no matter how much feedback we gave her, she was not 
fulfilling that, right? And so that's a perfect example is, and I kind of felt, I just felt, it just blurted out, right? But we really like you and you have so much potential and blah, 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 right? And, and that was the message she heard. She didn't hear that information in the middle. So, you know, that's a perfect example and I could kick myself for it. And I still think I did a disservice for her because she's young and needed someone to really give her some good, strong feedback. And while I did it, it got lost in the shuffle. Mm. So my favorite model is an oldie but a goodie. It's the SBI plus R model. And so that's from the Center for Creative Leadership. And it's it's essentially S is for situation, Mm -hmm. B is for behavior, I is for impact, and then plus R is your request. So SBI plus R. So perfect example is, so I would say, you know, let's say the situation of this example we've been having about doing a presentation. You know, I could say uh, recently when you gave this presentation, so that's the situation, um, you know, I noticed that you were saying um a lot as filler words. So that's the behavior. Okay. As a result, it maybe made the presentation less impactful than it could have been and it made some people question the authority that you brought along. Okay, so that's the impact. So then the request is how you want them to modify the behavior in the future. So you could at this point pause and say, what's your reaction to that, right? In some ways they could be really defensive and they might actually say, wow, I didn't know it. Um, And then you can say to them, let's come up with some solutions. Or if that's not the type of employee, you could say to them, here's what my request is. Moving forward, I'd like you to work with a presentation coach. Or the next time you do a presentation, let's record it and you can go back and review it. Count how many times you say, um. Uh, I want you to be uh, presenting two more times this month, right? So, So that framework is situation, behavior, impact, plus request. And I use it all the time, especially when I'm about to have some of those difficult conversations. So here's the specific situation. Here's the behavior that you had and the impact. And it also takes the emotion out of things because you can lay it out in a very factual way. So for me, I find that that framework works very well about 90% of the time. In terms of the other 10%, I'm still working on a model that fits right for me. As soon as I get that labeled in, I'm going to be copywriting that and making sure that it is built into all my materials. You will um, have a line of people signing up for your <laughs> workshop then. Yeah, it's hard. Sure. It's really yeah. hard. It's really hard. But the SBI plus R model is it's just a simple acronym to remember, but it's I use it time and time and time again. Would you also use that then for positive feedback, too? Or is this mm-hmm. only for the uh, negative stuff? Yep, you could use it. So again, let's say that someone just blew a presentation out of the water. You could say to them the other day when or yesterday when you gave this presentation. So there's your situation. You were able to field questions from the audience in a very impromptu way. And you backed up your responses with strong data. Right. So that's the behavior. The impact is, um, you know, I noticed that the staff was really engaged or people seemed to be taking notes and afterwards saying that that was a really impactful way that you responded. Um, So then the request could be moving forward. I'd like you to continue practicing what you just did. I really like the fact that you were very prepared and you had a lot of data points to back up everything you said. So you came prepared. You were able to answer their questions with not appearing to have your feathers ruffled or anything. And that really helped your reputation and it helped, um, you know, impact the organization. Well, I think in both cases, the person leaves with no doubt whatsoever on what they did and how you felt about it, which seems Mm -hmm. like that's probably the outcome we're looking for. Obviously, Mm -hmm. change in poor performance or increase or continuation of good performance would be the goal, I guess, right? Yeah, and I'm, I think it's really important to also have the staff member be involved in coming up with the solution, right? And some people are not self-aware enough to be able to come up with their own solutions. And so that's where you've got to have a few things in your back pocket. But for that example of someone who's saying um quite a bit during a presentation, say to them, what do you think is going to work? 
here's some ideas I have, but you're also then empowering your staff to come up with ways to develop their own solutions. So, you know, I think that goes back to, again, we talked about that younger generation that wants to be involved in these conversations. They want that feedback. They want to know what they're doing well and where they can improve, but they also want to know that you have their back and that you're going to help them and guide them along the way. You know, it's funny because you've said that a couple of times, especially with younger workers and anybody who's listening to this that's my age, which full disclosure is the very, the very last of the baby boomers, the very first of Gen X. Uh, I can remember as a young man wanting feedback and never mm -hmm. getting it. So I think we do a disservice to young people to say this generation wants, we all wanted it. You were just too damn right. stubborn to give it to us. So we had to just gut it out. That doesn't mean that's the way to do it now. And if you're mm -hmm. sitting here saying, these young kids today, what are we going to do? Hold their hands? Um, give me a break. <laughs> I think we all needed it. We just never got it. How much better will this workforce be when we give them what we all wanted and never got in the first place? So if you're thinking that today, this generation, these young kids, get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> no, we're not talking to you right now. Um, uh, but I do want to ask also you- newer. But I'm gonna say they're also newer in the workforce, right? So yeah. generation, you know, generational nuances are not, they're new in the workforce. They yeah. need to you be taught. You don't know. You go from high school or college into right. now we have to be responsible adults. And I can remember doing really stupid stuff when I was yeah. young because it's like, well, this is like high school and I'm getting paid now, you know, because I was young in the Navy. We we're all the same age and your supervisors were a couple years older and, yeah, they had uh, yeah, authority they wielded over you. So you couldn't stand up or you get hammered down. And, mm -hmm. you know, just what I said earlier, boy, if I ever had a boss that asked for feedback on their performance, I don't know <laughs> what I'd, because I think in, in the military is unique in that where you're yeah. not supposed to question things on a right. battlefield. But hell, I was a dental assistant sucking spit all day. And there were mm -hmm. no bullets flying and I could have used some feedback, but instead mm -hmm. it's just shut up, do your job. Or a yeah. kick in the shins when I handed the dentist the wrong instrument. That was my feedback. <laughs> so obviously I have some very strong feelings about this because in many ways I still feel like that young kid in this old man's body. And, and I don't want to see this generation have to suffer. So if you're listening, right. this is good stuff. Now, I do want to ask you one more question. And, and this has to do with the virtual or hybrid environments. It seems mm. like not that feedback's ever going to be easy, but it seems like it would be hard and yet easier if I'm sitting face to face with you with no screen in between. But yeah. there's a lot of folks who manage remote teams. This is not just a special thing. This is almost a way of doing business. We've operated this way from the beginning because Lisa and Rachel both live in Maryland near where you do. We've had a virtual mm -hmm. environment, but for someone that's now having to manage, I got some of my employees in the office. I got some that are remote. I got a couple that are out in you know, New Mexico and they remote in their two time zones away. So what tips do you have for managers that have that, that broad workforce? Yeah, so we're, we're seeing that time and time again. And, and what we're seeing is trends are supporting that we'll have a hybrid workplace. A hybrid workplace is the wave of the future, right? And how you're going to interpret that is, is up to your individual organization. But what is going to happen is the days of having everyone in the office five days a week is just pushed to the side for many, many industries. So what happens then is before, maybe you could linger back from a meeting and kind of wait for the the, the victim to receive, you know, to, to <laughs> kind of, oh, hey, as we're walking out, I just wanted to share this information. Or maybe you could bump into them at the water cooler or talk to them in the hall, right? When you are managing virtual employees, um, intentionality is the key word. You've got to be intentional about it and, and you've got to do it. And the timeliness is even more important. And you don't always have the opportunity to shoot someone an email right away to say, call me. Right. But, you know, with the advent, people are using Microsoft Teams and, and there's lots of other ways to ping people pretty quickly to say, hey, you have five minutes. And again, like, I'd like to give you some feedback is can can really get people nervous right and so even saying you know i i want to talk to you a little bit about i want to share some things that i observed from you know this last meeting that went really well 
or here's some areas where I want to talk to you about where I think you can start to immediately apply some improvements. So giving a little bit of, of direction to that, but it takes a significant amount of intentionality. The other thing is, like I said, is so easy to wait to give all the feedback during those performance reviews, which are absolutely, it's not effective because many of the feedback conversations we need are more immediate changes in behaviors that we need. So it's really important for managers to have regularly scheduled one-on-ones with their staff. So, you know, and that could be every two weeks, that could be every month. So if for some reason you were not able to deliver that feedback or touch base with your staff, at least you can do it during that formal time that you have set aside with each other. Now, I know people are many people that will dig their heels in the sand and say, I don't have time for regular check-ins. I don't have time. I have a staff of 30 people, et cetera. You know, that can be incredibly hard, but it is all about intentionality. So, um, you know, putting it in writing, if that helps, having a one-on-one with them, sending them a message to say, let's check in really quickly, but you cannot let these things slide. And it's very easy to do that when you're all distributed remotely. Well, Kate, I, uh, I'd like to give you some feedback. Okay, please bring it on. This was awesome. I really have enjoyed this <laughs> chat. This has been great. I mean, I teach stuff about feedback and I've learned a ton today, uh, some of which I may implement, but I would rather have my folks reach out to you. You've obviously devoted a <laughs> lot of your time and energy into this really important managerial task. So for those who are listening, whether you're in HR and you want to train your managers to be better at this, or you're a manager and right now you realize for the coming year, I want to get better. I want to be better at this. Kate, what resources do you have and how can we reach out to you and have you come in and help us with this very important process? Sure. Well, absolutely. I, I'm Clearly, you could tell I'm, I'm really passionate about feedback and I do feel like it is something that ultimately impacts the culture of an organization in a positive way. And so I, I love talking about feedback. I love sharing all of my knowledge and, and making sure that I pass that along. So a couple of things. So I have a tip sheet. And so anyone who wants to log on to my website is um, free to download my free tip sheet on how to deliver effective feedback in the workplace. And you just go to my website, which is mountvernonconsulting.com slash tip sheet. And so that's M-T-V-E-R-N-O-N consulting.com slash tip sheet. I know Mac is going to have that information in um, the details for this podcast. But also, I am launching a feedback in the workplace masterclass. And that is a cohort-based program that will be approximately six weeks. We'll meet once a week to talk about some of the concepts of feedback. And then I'll have you go out and implement some of that in between all of those sessions. And so if you're interested in learning more about that program, you can go to my website and sign up for some more details. And that's at tinyurl.com slash Mount Vernon Consulting. So tinyurl.com slash MT V-E-R-N-O-N Consulting. Excellent. Well, if you're listening to this today, this is a vital part of your responsibility. So please check out the resources Kate has brought us. And Kate, uh, let me just thank you for spending time with us today. This has been very enlightening and we really appreciate your time. Thank you, Mac. It's always a pleasure to connect with you and I'm uh, thrilled to be back on your podcast. So best wishes everyone as you are working on creating that feedback culture in the workplace. And if you have any questions or wanna chat with me about some strategies, please don't hesitate to reach out on my website. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years, and I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm Credit webinar that we present, as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs 
more information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, you may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well. <laughs>